Hello, greetings. This is Gary Rogowski for Splinters. <laughs> or is this Splinters for Gary Rogowski? Uh, that's what happens some days. <clears throat> that's certainly what happens some days. Today's chat, interestingly enough, is about precision. What's so great about 90 degrees? This cheeky question was asked by Patrick Edwards in my interview with him on my new podcast, Creativity, Hustlers, Fakers, and Thieves. Please check that out, creativity-hft.com. And this comment displays both Patrick's cynical wit and his complete understanding of his field of antiquities, furniture, conservation, and the 18th century world of marketry known as Boole marketry. My chat with him also showed, I think, his mastery in a field that has been overrun in recent years by engineers and companies and part-time influencer slash woodworkers bent on eliminating all error, as if failure were a bad thing. There is in all these new jigs and dialed inaccuracy the promise of mastery. Skip the wait. Buy it now. But let us consider this necessary evil, precision, as it relates to our world at the bench. There is a line in the shop that everyone faces as to what level of machine you will permit into your world. Take, for instance, this timeline on how to cut an accurate groove. In the Middle Ages, cut by hand with chisel. In the 19th century, with that newfangled table saw Sister Tabitha came up with, or a Stanley router plane. In the mid-20th century, you cut a groove with an electric router. And then as this same century closed, large CNC, computer numerically controlled routing machines, came around. And now, by 2024, the whole gamut of CNC handheld routers exist. At what point does a craftsperson say, if at all, that's enough for me? Precision is one of those skills that has to be learned, appreciated, and assimilated to some extent. How precise can I be? How precise do my tools allow me to be? How precise am I going to be today? In other words, what are my limitations and what are my standards? Now, in truth, you do not need to be precise to be a woodworker. You make a choice to be precise and a further choice as to the level of precision you want to achieve. The precise timber framer may keep things within an eighth of an inch, and that's great. I tell my students that my standard has always been my 2,000 feeler gauge, which sits thinner than a piece of typing paper. A timber framer would not be happy with those kind of tolerances. And if that 2,000 feeler gauge fits in between the shoulder of a mortise and tenon joint, I keep working on it. But when I started, I didn't use that feeler gauge because I didn't know how to fine-tune my joinery. And even if I understood high spots in a shoulder or twist in a plane surface, I didn't know how to sharpen well enough to affect any change at all. Both my understanding and my tooling needed honing. So precision itself involves a raft of decisions that want us to make at the bench from tooling to temperament. What's in my toolkit? How NASAS perfect am I going to be today? And for some, that answer is every single goddamn day. Every day. And I have to admit that for me, there are days where my obsession with precision leads me to throw a stick of wood out the window. The demands can be too great on a mere mortal such as myself, I feel. 
and then there are other days. But for woodworkers, it is a basic question to ask of ourselves, what does precision mean to me today? Am I going to grind out a piece to an nth of perfection? Or put on my good enough hat today and hope no one notices things are out by a 32nd of an inch? You choose. There is no wrong answer. There is simply a distinct difference in the intention of the work. Pinpoint neat or hair in the morning sloppy. It's up to you. Now, my six-inch stare at rule is one of my standards for precision. I can read a rule that has graduated metrically. It's just that when I'm thinking about a space, I need consistency in my measurement and in my thinking. As my social scientist friend Mark points out, there's a difference between validity and reliability. Validity is about accuracy. Reliability is about consistency. So if I'm used to thinking about a one-half-inch space, does this translate at the bench to me thinking about it as close to 13 millimeters? Not usually. I used to work with metric tools, but then I switched over. So we need consistency or reliability in our standards of precision. I want to be able to think to myself, I need to move this inlay over another half inch. One aspect of precision I have enjoyed watching myself undertake is to train my eye. If I could see imperfection, for instance, a misplaced drawer pull that is supposed to be centered, but is, but is off just by a sixteenth of an inch to one side. I handed a, a box to a, one of my apprentices one time. I said, put, the, put a handle on this box. Just put it right in the middle and put a handle on this box. And it's off. It might even be more than a sixteenth. I see it every time I look at it. But if I could see this imperfection, then I concluded I can start to make decisions based on just my eye. This is the whole center by eye. This is what square looks like by eye. And these items I can check with my six-inch rule, an adjustable square, and train myself to see. I do this when I show students how to cut dovetails. And I cut them on a 12-inch wide piece of pine, and I make one cut after another. And with each cut, I try to make that tail cut the same width. Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't, but it's practice. Patrick Edwards also brought up in our interview an interesting choice when it comes to precision. When he mentioned David Pye, uh, David Pye in his two books on workmanship and on design talks about the workmanship of certainty versus that of risk. Workmanship of certainty means that I move the wood into the machine to get reproducible results, and with this comes accuracy, predictability, and sameness. There is little to no wabi-sabi present in machine work. Wabi-sabi is that stuff that Yanagi talks about in, in his book, The Unknown Craftsman, the beauty of irregularity, the beauty of imprecision, the beauty of simplicity. Workmanship of risk, on the other hand, moves the tool into the material. Many things can happen then, depending upon the skill of the hands moving the tool, the tool sharpness, the grain of the wood in our special case, so on. And these unpredictable results can be beautiful sometimes, if imprecise. Finally, the goal of precision in one's work is laudable, but to achieve it and use it successfully in one's design work is not as simple as just dialing in a cut. It takes practice and perseverance and finally patience to become precise. But with this precision in one's hands, you can discover then when to break free from it. My friend Mark points out again, rightly, I think, that precision without creativity is just replication. 
It's that same screw made over and over again, or the same note played continuously. Creativity, on the other hand, without precision, is just randomness. That's me playing Mark's piano, which I, I like to do, but it's only about every 50th random key that I bang where two notes get put together that are kind of pretty. The rest of it is just gibberish. By understanding the fundamentals of technique, which includes precision at some level, and then through practice, developing a deep, intuitive feel for it, you can decide when to pause, when to add a breath, when to add negative space. But you won't be able to do this at first. Precision can also mean an attention to detail. Rick Beato on his podcast has this wonderful interview with Pat Metheny, the great jazz guitarist. And in one of Pat's master classes, he has his gifted students, these are all really good guitar players, practice quarter notes over and over, quarter notes. Because if you can't play the quarter notes, then the achromatic stuff, the off-the-wall stuff, just won't be as good, Matheny states, which is maddening if you're gifted and want to learn from the master and he's making you play what you teach your four-year-old to play at home. But Matheny's point in the interview was that you learn to master the simplest of techniques completely so that you can step away from them. Learning this classical approach in whatever discipline you yearn to be in, such as learning how to paint a portrait, as did Picasso, so that he could then take reality apart and turn it into shape, this really requires a very fundamental and simple approach. Be precise with the basics. Get the basics down. Practice until you understand your technique in your bones. Then you can riff. And you can do this then with precision. Fun stuff. Fun stuff to think about. Consider. So thank you very much for listening. Kind of lost in thought here. But these kinds of um, issues that we're bringing up on this new podcast, Creativity, dash hft.com are really fun. So I wanted to share that with uh, with folks on this on this podcast because woodworkers face this as an issue daily. What are my standards today? And for me it's always as high as I can as high as I can make them and not drive myself crazy. And there are some days I I I I knew this. There were some days when I was building furniture for clients and I said, you know, you're not going to get paid for this. And I talk back to myself and say, I don't care. I have to do it. So you decide what your standards are, and then you stick to them and be happy with that decision. Precision is a choice. So is, <laughs> segue time, supporting us on coffee.com. Really appreciate you listening and your comments and support. Do check out the... Uh, podcasts with uh, Patrick Edwards on precision, what's so great about 90 degrees on the creativity-hft.com website or on your Apple, Spotify, uh, that guy uh, in the alley with the Cadillac. If you get your podcasts from him, great. We're on all of them. So please check those out. Take care of yourselves. Adios. Adios.